Nature Revisited, the podcast. My name is Stefan Van Norden, and today we are joined by Susan Poisner for an episode called The Urban Orchardist. Susan is the author of the book Growing Urban Orchards and Growing Fruit Trees Fast. She is also the founder of OrchardPeople.com and the host of the podcast, The Urban Forestry Radio Show Podcast. Susan joins me to talk about the importance of fruit trees, and in particular, in the urban setting. So Susan, welcome to Nature Revisited. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me to talk about growing fruit trees and the urban orchard. Let's start with you. You are a Canadian who lives in Toronto. What brought you to Toronto and how has the city played a role in your becoming an urban orchardist? Well, thanks very much for having me. I was born here in Toronto. I grew up here. I did live in other places as well. I lived in the United Kingdom. I lived briefly in Russia and in Israel. I traveled around and was a journalist. But I came back later in life to Toronto because it is a really beautiful city. The time that I came back, it was a big city, but not too big. And I like urban life. But the thing is that I also came to like uh, growing fruit trees. I met my husband in 2006, and he taught me a lot about gardening. And when I learned about gardening, I learned about trees, and I learned how beautiful trees are and how much they do to make our world a better place to clean our air and to shade and beautify our communities. And when I realized that fruit trees are trees plus, 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 because they also feed us, I just thought, this is incredible, and I really wanted to learn how to grow them myself. So in your book, Growing Urban Orchards, you explore the possibilities of growing fruit trees in that urban setting. Why an urban orchard, and what are some of the benefits of growing trees in a city? Absolutely. I think we need it in the cities more than anybody else, because in parts of our cities, trees are such a rarity. They're stuck in these boxes on the high streets, on the main streets. It's like growing a tree in a coffin. Trees are there to sort of make it more beautiful and more healthy to live in the city, but there's just a lot of concrete here. And also, children who grow up in the city, we're not as connected to where our food comes from. By planting fruit trees in a park, you're really giving the population access to the incredible generosity and beauty of nature. And it changes people, and it changes the way they look at things if they know how things grow and what's involved. When they go to the supermarket, things look different somehow. So I really feel that uh, trees are incredibly important, and the more successful cities will have more trees. They'll be more comfortable and cleaner places to live because trees clean the air, but also just calmer places. Trees keep us calm and grounded. 
So we've all heard of Johnny Appleseed. Can you share some of the culture or history of fruit trees, particularly in North America? Well, that's a really interesting question because, as you know, all, all trees produce fruit. The question is, can we eat it or not? But in terms of the fruit trees that we grow, the apples, the peaches, apricots, you know, apples come from Kazakhstan, peaches come from China. None of these are native trees. So the kinds of fruits that we eat here are not native. They were brought over by Europeans when they came to North America. They maybe brought seeds with them, like Johnny Appleseed, and they planted them all over the place. Johnny Appleseed would have planted these trees to grow from seed, knowing that the fruit would be variable, like not all the fruit would be tasty. Some of them are going to be spitters, where you take a bite and you think, oh my goodness, I don't want to eat this. At the time, people drank a lot of cider. So all those apple trees would have been terrific for cider making and that kind of processing. So yeah, if you want a guaranteed tasty fruit, especially when it comes to apples or pears, for instance, you really need to plant a grafted tree. But Johnny Appleseed, what he did was he was all about those seedling trees for using for cider. In terms of the other parts of history, over the hundreds of years that the colonialists were here and they brought their favorite trees and they also would accidentally find trees that were terrific. So yeah, so most of our fruits here, uh, the conventional fruits are not from here. Then there are some native trees that do produce edible fruit for humans or that humans can eat, like service berries, and there's even a tree called the pawpaw tree which is beautiful and exotic looking, though it's a native tree and it produces a fabulous fruit. And it's not papaya, it's pawpaw. So you often talk about your experience of starting a community orchard. Can you share that experience with us and some of the lessons that you have learned? Yes. We started our community orchard back in 2009. It's in a public park. And I was very idealistic, and I thought, oh, but I also thought this was going to be much easier than it is. <laughs> Growing fruit trees, because they're grafted trees, fruit trees are kind of more high maintenance than native trees. I didn't realize that at the time. So I had a real uphill battle to learn how to care for the trees. They need correct annual pruning. They need pest and disease prevention techniques. They need proper feeding, whereas native trees are more rugged. And But fruit trees are like babies. You're going to have them the rest of your life. So we started this beautiful orchard. We had our struggles. I learned all the way along because it is a public space, and I did not want this to be a failed project. And the experience has been incredible. And it's not really been about having the fruit to eat because, yes, now our trees are older. Many of them are productive. But it is in a public park, and people harvest the fruit often before it's ripe. So the volunteers that spend all the hours in the park don't always get to taste the fruits of our labors, which can be a little disappointing, I will admit. But then there's other times, like our cherry tree harvest uh, is always wonderful because there are so many cherries on these trees. There's no way one person could go with a bag and harvest it all and run off with it. For the cherry harvest, we invite all the community to come and join us, including the children. We all harvest together. And then what we do is we put all the cherries in big bowls 
And then we divide it up equally amongst the volunteers so people really learn about sharing. It's not about going and grabbing the best cherries for yourself and running home with them. The whole experience has been delightful. It's had its ups and downs. The learning was how to care for fruit trees and what that involves. But it's also been about building community, getting to know your neighbors, having a joint project you can work on together in the park. How do fruit trees help us in this time of changing climates? What can we learn from them about our relationship with nature? Oh, absolutely. Trees are going to save us if we can go there, right? You know, all of these trees clean our air, they stabilize our soil, they improve the soil, they do so much for us. But you pop them in the ground and there's no guarantee that they're going to establish themselves. The most helpful trees are the oldest trees. Those older heirloom trees that have been around for even 100 years, those are the ones that work hardest at cleaning our air. Little young trees, they don't really do very much. Will take them 10, 15, 20 years until they really start um, providing those services that older trees provide. So absolutely, when is the best time to plant a tree? It, it is yesterday, definitely, as the old saying goes. When we plant our trees, we really need to remember that we have to water them, we have to monitor them, and we have to care for them, especially with fruit trees, but with all trees as well. Like if you plant a native tree in your backyard, water it, baby it, nurture it for three three seasons even. People have a misconception that, that trees can take care of themselves, and it's not really true, especially when they've been newly planted. So how can fruit trees, even just one, change one's perspective or relationship with nature, particularly in the urban environment? They're our teachers. Fruit trees are our teachers. The fun part is you may be drawn to it at first because you love food or you love fruit or you love yummy sweet stuff, which is what they produce, especially if it's cherries or peaches. But what they teach us They teach us about relationships. When you have a tree and plant it and neglect it, it's going to start looking really bad. So if you're not watering it, pruning it, uh, protecting it from pests and diseases, it's going to show you right away that it's not happy. If you are able to plant the tree, and let's say you didn't know exactly how to care for it, but you start paying attention to the cues it gives you, it will tell you how to take care of it. My recent book is called Grow Fruit Trees Fast, and my goal was I wanted people to read this book. It takes just an hour to read from cover to cover. Read the book and then decide if you want to plant a fruit tree because the book will tell you everything you need to do to keep it healthy and productive. And if you're not game for the activities involved, then good. You've saved yourself a lot of time and effort and disappointment. If you read the book and you think, hey, This sounds like a fun relationship to be in. Me and my fruit tree together will be producing a harvest. We are partners in this adventure. I'm up for this. Fruit trees and humans, we are connected. We work together to produce a healthy harvest. And fruit trees also teach us about just caring for others, especially children, because they are like children at first. So fruit trees are the same. We really need to give them lots of love when they're young so that they will be strong when they're older and productive. So there seems to be a lot of misinformation 
about growing fruit trees. Where is that coming from and how important is it to learn about the choices of the fruit tree and the care of them? I think the misconception comes from our distance from nature. I think that our grandparents or great-grandparents are people who lived sort of simpler lives and maybe more in the countryside. They would all have had fruit trees in their lives. They would know how to take care of them. They would know what pruning is and what it's for. It was just something that people passed down from generation to generation. But when we all moved into cities, we lost touch with nature in general. And our food came from supermarkets, not from the trees and from our gardens. And that's where the disconnect happens. So I think that's where the problem came from. And the correction can come from us being open to having this adventure with a tree but a knowledgeable adventure, and that's why I do what I do. My company, Orchard People, it's all about fruit tree care education, and at first I thought I was a success if I could teach people one thing, and that was fruit trees need hands-on care. If people just got that one message, it was a success for me because from then I could teach them what care those trees needed. But when people don't even think the trees need care, then we're really doomed because how do we have a sustainable society if we can't even grow local food, right? It means the food has to come from far away. And fruit trees can be so productive. Think about all the food you're not shipping in from other countries when you can grow it in your own backyard. So, yes, they are part of the healing, again, um, where they can teach us, but we need to be open to learn. As a gardener, I've often felt that pruning is very creative, more enjoyable things I like to do. How important is pruning to fruit trees? Very important. First of all, I love what you said. I also love pruning fruit trees. The difference with fruit trees versus native trees, native trees you really only usually prune off unhealthy branches, dead branches. You mostly leave them be. Fruit trees, we are cutting off totally healthy branches. And people will see even arborists, and I am one, I'm a certified arborist, but even arborists will look at you pruning a fruit tree and they'll say, what are you doing? Why are you cutting that branch off? That's a perfectly good branch. It seems counterintuitive at first, but the point is, For fruit trees to be productive and for the fruit to be useful, it needs to have room to grow, so it needs to have access to the sun. And for the tree to stay healthy, it needs good air circulation in the canopy. So when we are pruning fruit trees, we are very selectively removing branches so that all the remaining branches have equal access to sunshine so that the air can blow through the canopy easily so that, for instance, fungal spores or insects won't set up shop in the dark, damp canopy, right? They love dark conditions, fungal spores. The goal is to keep a nice and open canopy that's open to the sun that can dry out between irrigation or rain events. So what have fruit trees taught you, both practically and spiritually? over the years? The lessons are endless. They've taught me, they just exude love. They want to nourish us. They want to fulfill their purpose, which is to bring nourishment to humans, to wildlife, 
but I see all this beauty and all this goodwill and I also see how it has to be a collaboration. When I planted those fruit trees, I really, it was all about me and what I wanted. And I wanted the park to be pretty and I wanted blossoms and I wanted fruit. I thought it was all great. What those trees taught me is that they are beings and they need me as much as I need them. They've just taught me about collaboration, partnership, working together and love and generosity, and I'm very grateful. Sometimes I'll be under one of my fruit trees weeding, and I'll just quietly say thank you so much for allowing me to take care of you. Growing fruit trees is really all about the fruit. Can you describe your relationship with the fruit of the tree and what you feel when you bite into it? It's amazing. Cherry Harvest Day is incredible. The cherries taste amazing. But what makes it taste even better is seeing these kids harvest the cherries for the first time and put one in their mouth. And it tastes so different from those cherries you buy in a bag at the supermarket. They're so much sweeter. They're so lovely. The other day we had our last stewardship day and I found two beautiful apples on one of our golden russet apple trees. So I found the apples. And I pulled them off the tree and I brought them to the harvest table where everybody was relaxing after stewardship. And I said, guys, who has a knife? We're cutting this up. These two small apples we divided up to about 12 people. We all had a little slice. We ate a bite, each of us. Everybody's eyes were like, oh, my gosh, I have never tasted anything that delicious. And one of the volunteers said, if all healthy food tasted this good, I would be eating a lot more healthy food. It makes a big difference. When you're growing your own trees, hopefully you're not growing the same varieties that you get in the supermarket because those are actually harder to grow and need pesticides and fungicides. You're growing interesting, easier to grow varieties that are delicious and special. So it's just such a joy to be able to taste this wonderful fruit. In this time of native plants, are there fruit trees that are native And how important is it to try to grow them? And how important is location to selecting fruit trees? You know, there are some fruit trees that are native, but I love the fact that we can grow these other fruit trees that are not native because they really significantly add to our healthy diet. But here's what I think. We still need native plants. In fact, anytime you plant fruit trees, you really should have a garden, an insectary garden or a pollinator garden nearby filled with native plants that blossom at different times of the season. Our goal there is not just to have pollinators that will pollinate our fruit trees because if we don't have pollinators in, in our garden when we need them, then you don't get pollination and you don't get fruit. But also these native insects are also predatory insects or parasitic insects, I think they're called as well, where they actually attack and eat the insect pests that will attack your fruit tree. So again, I keep talking about partnership. Part of what we do as a grower is provide our fruit trees with nearby native plants so that the native insects and the beneficial insects will find that garden or that orchard and then find the fruit trees and protect the fruit trees and pollinate the fruit trees. 
again, it's this full circle. We're all working together to have a successful crop. And until now, I've been telling you about it's me and the tree, and it is me and the tree. But it's me, it's the tree, and it's also the beneficial insects and nature. So I would say that's where the most important thing is. In terms of finding the right tree to, to plant in your location, there are lots of specialist fruit tree nurseries. And if your listeners go to my website, orchardpeople.com, and type in the search bar nursery, they can find a list of specialist fruit tree nurseries. So they will have a wide range of trees, including easier to grow disease-resistant varieties, and lots more information on how to choose the right fruit tree for their particular uses. So what are some of the more popular fruit trees, and where is the best source for purchasing them, which you just kind of mentioned? So you don't want to be growing a Honeycrisp apple tree. It's one of the hardest apple trees to grow. So... Really, the ones that we find in the supermarket are really popular because they taste great, but also because they transport well and they look pretty. But for people who want to grow those in their backyard, not a good idea because they're so hard to grow and they need pesticides and fungicides. So when you go and find your local fruit tree nursery catalog, you look through the catalog and you find the trees that say that they are disease resistant. They might be resistant to certain specific diseases like fire blight or apple scab. That's one hint. I actually teach a two-hour course in how to choose the ideal fruit tree for your location. So there's a number of different factors that you want to consider in terms of you need cross-pollinating trees, you want to consider the rootstock of the tree, whether it's a big tree or a little tree. So there's lots of factors, but I would say the most important thing is do not get them from the big box stores, which will only carry those popular varieties that are hard to grow, and go for the fruit tree nurseries instead. So how can someone find that two-hour course that you teach? Is that on your website? If you go to orchardpeople.com and you click on courses, it will take you to a page called learn.orchardpeople.com. And I have all my courses there. And the one I mentioned to you is called Researching Fruit Trees for Organic Growing Success. And it's actually a really fun interactive course where I take you through the puzzle step-by-step of how to choose the right tree for your unique location. And it's very interactive, and I think people like it a lot. So in this course, help you to choose three trees that could be perfect, whether it's in your backyard or your churchyard or your schoolyard, wherever you want to plant fruit trees. And once you know how to choose three fruit trees, you can choose 300 fruit trees or one fruit tree. You'll just understand what the the steps are to getting the right tree for your location. So finally, what would you like to share with our listeners that might help make their urban orchard a little more meaningful and successful? Good question. I'm just thinking when you mentioned that of these people who have maybe already planted a tree or who have had, you know, maybe they bought a house that the tree is in the backyard or maybe they live in a neighborhood where there's a neglected fruit tree and they look and they think, oh, this must be a bad tree because the fruit looks really bad. So I I would challenge you to look at things differently, that if the, the fruit that 
your tree or this neighborhood tree is producing isn't good, it's not that the fruit tree isn't trying, it's just that it needs a helping hand. And you can do that, whether it's a fruit tree that's been neglected in a park or just in a ravine or somewhere, you can help that tree thrive and at the same time guarantee for your community an extra source of nutrition. And that's just by learning some basic fruit tree pruning skills, how to feed the tree, how to prune the tree, and how to protect it from pests and diseases. And you can get lots of that information at my website at orchardpeople.com or I would highly suggest my book. It's a little book, Grow Fruit Trees Fast, and it's fast to read. It takes just about an hour to read and you'll pretty much learn most of the things you need to know to get started. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Susan Poisner about growing fruit trees. And if you are interested in growing fruit trees yourself, do visit her website, orchardpeople.com, to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with family, friends, and colleagues. You can follow Nature Revisited on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or our website, NordenProductions.com. The music for Nature Revisited is Buzz and Fly by Tim Buckley. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Norden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join me for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, remember, we are nature. Nature.